Hello, welcome to Trinity College Dublin and to the Academic Practice podcast, Coffee and Cobblestones. My name is Kira O'Farrell, I'm Head of Academic Practice, and I'm joined here today by Professor Helen Sword from the University of Auckland. Helen is an international expert in writing and has published widely in the area of academic writing. Her website, helensword.com, is well worth exploring if you're interested in accessing resources about writing or attending seminars or writing retreats. Her latest venture and members only community, Write Space, is also found on this website. So I would really urge you to check that out. Helen, you're very welcome. And to start, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your journey into working into the field of academic writing. Well, it's been an interesting journey. I started out as a literary scholar. I have a PhD in comparative literature and I studied um, modernist, so early 20th century poetry in English, German, and French, which is still something that interests me deeply and kind of my disciplinary home. I uh, wrote two books on modernist literature, but when I moved to New Zealand from the U.S. in 2001, I moved into working in academic development. So working with academics, uh, talking about their teaching and people from all across the disciplines. And from there, I moved into looking at academic writing across the disciplines, which kind of brought in my interest in writers and writing, brought that together with the interest in what academics do, how they teach, how they communicate. And from there, I started writing about writing. So first, it was a book called The Writer's Diet about sentence structure. Then it was stylish academic writing, which was about writing styles more generally in all different academic disciplines. And then that focus on style and writing led to a focus on writers and writing. So that was my third book on how successful academics write. And now I've moved to looking at academic emotions around writing. I'm working on a book called writing with pleasure. We will get back to the notion of writing with pleasure a little later on, Helen, because it's something I'd really like to explore further with you. But to reference first another of your books, in 2012, you published a book called Stylish Academic Writing. What were some of the key principles from that book that could perhaps be related back to higher education, teaching and learning? Well, I actually wrote that book in part because I had moved from literary studies into higher education research, and I was frankly kind of shocked and appalled by some of the writing that I found in in higher education research journals in particular. Here were people from all different academic disciplines who were doing some really interesting research on how students learn and related issues. And presumably, those um, the results of their research would be really interesting to people working across academic disciplines. And yet, a lot of the articles were written in a way that just didn't even quite feel human. They were quite wordy and wooden and full of jargon. And that just seemed to me to be a real problem. Um, that in education, which is a field that is so tied up with communication and 
thinking about learners that we then would have a have have these conventions for writing that seem so wound up in themselves. Um, so as I started to look at the question of what is stylish academic writing, what does that mean in to different disciplines, um, and I always tell people if they don't like the word stylish, just replace it with engaging. So what does, what does engaging academic writing look like? I found that there were some pretty clear answers that applied all across the board. Um, engaging writers have a very clear sense of style. They don't waste words. They might have long sentences or short sentences, um, but their writing is very carefully crafted. It tends to be quite active and quite concrete rather than um, written a lot in the passive voice and in using a very abstract vocabulary. And there tends to be a sense of human beings doing real things in the real world. And that's often not the case in higher education research writing. We don't write about individual students and their learning. We write about students as these kinds of, um, in a kind of collective mode where, um, where the individuals get lost. We use a lot of what I call zombie nouns, which are abstract nouns, nominalizations, nouns that have been made from verbs and adjectives in a way that's just kind of made longer and longer words, but sucked away all their energy. So when I started thinking about my own writing in the field of higher education and talking to other people working in that field, talking to teachers who are interested in communicating what they've learned about teaching to other people. I talk about telling stories, about bringing human beings into the writing, about writing when appropriate with a personal voice, not being afraid to say I or we, if that's the best way of conveying um, what we're trying to express. Um, I think bringing emotion into the writing rather than thinking that emotion is somehow unprofessional is really key because emotion is part of education. It's part of learning and teaching, and it's part, part of how we engage readers as well. So why should we be scrubbing it out? So all the principles of stylish academic writing that I talk about in that book are particularly relevant, I think, to people working in writing about higher education, learning, and teaching. And I'm pleased to be able to say that I see some of those principles being used more and more. I did a recent piece of research where I found that the prevalence of um, first-person pronoun usage had changed over a period of, of 10 years from about 2008 to 2018, from just 52% or so in the journals that I looked at to more than 90%. So a real shift to using I and we when appropriate as ways of connecting 
with our readers. The last time you visited us in Dublin, you were conducting research for your book, Air and Light and Time and Space, how successful academics write. Indeed, you interviewed some academic colleagues at Trinity College. So I'm eager to know what you did discover about what makes a successful writer. What strategies were most successful? Well, I started out thinking that the strategies that made writers successful would be the ones recommended in the academic writing guides. There's a whole kind of how-to literature, how to write a lot, how to be a successful academic. And those often contain advice saying things like, you must write every day, and you must write at the same time every day, and you must always write for at least 20 minutes a day, and you must do this, and you must do that. What I discovered was that there are very few successful academics, so academics who are publishing either a lot or writing beautifully or just kind of holding their academic workload in a nice balance. Those are different ways of defining success. But very few of those successful writers really looked like the people being described by the how-to books. Um, they were spending a lot of time writing and thinking about writing for sure, but usually not in such a systematic way. Um, the other thing I learned was that other people are very important to our writing processes. For me, coming out of the humanities, I was very much a lone wolf kind of scholar. I didn't ask other people for feedback. I didn't co-author with other people. And so I didn't have any interview questions that were focused on how successful academic writers might learn from and grow through their interactions with other people. But I started to hear those stories in the interviews. And so by the end, I developed a kind of rubric for how academics write, how successful writers work that went beyond behavioral habits like getting up early every morning to write for two hours and went beyond style, the craft of writing, which is certainly important, but to also embrace the social dimensions of writing and the emotional dimensions. So I call that the writing base, the behavioral, artisanal, social, and emotional dimensions of writing are all equally important in establishing a kind of foundation for successful writers to build and grow on. I became especially interested in the emotional dynamics, the emotional dimensions of academic writing. I found that um, frustration is the main emotion for many, many academic writers. Many of us have mixed emotions about writing, and yet the people I interviewed, the successful academic writers, also talked about the pleasure of writing. And I found that in the literature on writing, it's all about how hard writing is and how disciplined we have to be and how we need to ignore our emotions. And in the interviews, I found that um, positive emotions around writing are actually a major part of the base. They're part of what we build on. And that's that's led directly then to the work I'm doing now on writing with pleasure. Writing for publication and writing with pleasure, 
especially given the peer-reviewed realities of academic publication, aren't concepts that one would necessarily put together. Yet you suggest, Helen, that we should cultivate positive emotions in writing. Can you tell me a little bit more about this philosophy? Well, I guess I I love a good oxymoron. Um, Stylish academic writing put together two words that people don't often think of as going together, stylish and academic. But I was able to show that stylish academic writing really does exist. It's out there in every discipline. And it's not some mysterious thing that some people are born knowing how to do and others can't do. It's actually something that we all can learn, the craft of writing. And um, so likewise, writing with pleasure, I've found, is, um, I won't say an essential part. I'm sure there are some very prolific writers out there who hate everything about writing, but they seem to be few and far between. Overall, um, the writers who who really stay the course as academics, they're the ones who feel a deep, positive emotional connection to their writing, to the process and to the products and to the things that they're writing about. That doesn't mean that they're skipping down the road, scattering daisies because writing makes them so happy all the time. It's much more that the happiness or the the pleasure, the fundamental um, satisfaction that they get from the hard work of writing is what gets them through those hard times. So the craft of writing, the pleasure of writing are very much tied up with each other and part of kind of contradictory and oxymoronic sort of emotional state, I think. I think we feel more pleasure when we've accomplished something that's challenging. And finding the pleasure in the challenge of writing turns out to be hard, but incredibly important. And there's very, very little literature about that. The books and websites and all the advice and information on academic writing either ignores emotions entirely or kind of pathologizes them. They're all about how hard it is, about all the negative emotions and how do we cope with those. Way too little about how we draw on the positive emotions that are already there or how we bring positive emotions to our writing if it's really imbued with negativity. Can the notion of doing something with pleasure also be applied to teaching and learning, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, The principles are completely the same because they have to do with communication and with inspiring others and they also have to do with our own labor and how emotion affects our work um, in some very fundamental ways. So we know from research on behavioral psychology and cognitive psychology that there's a very strong connection between uh, positive emotions and learning. We know that we learn better. We are sharper. We think more creatively um, when we are in a positive frame of mind. And it doesn't actually matter, according to the psychology research, whether we're in a positive frame of mind because we love the thing that we're learning about or we love writing, um, or if we come into the writing or learning space in a positive frame of mind for other reasons. Either way, 
as long as the pleasure is there when we kind of arrive at the learning situation, we have more of a chance of of challenging ourselves, I guess, and of of um, of taking on board difficult concepts and of having the resilience to keep going when things are hard. So thinking about pleasure for ourselves as teachers and pleasure for our students as learners, to me, is just an absolutely fundamental part of working in higher education and something that is very often absent, much in the same way that uh, positive emotions are very often absent from academic writing, almost as though we're suspicious of pleasure. We think that we can't be doing serious intellectual activity if we're also really enjoying it, which I would definitely contest. I would say that the opposite is true. So what happens when we come into the classroom thinking about our students' pleasure their intellectual pleasure and enjoyment and engagement, it becomes quite a different atmosphere and quite a different way of engaging with them than when we're thinking about a whole bunch of rules they need to follow and marks that they need to achieve and a much more sort of punishment-based perspective on teaching and learning. So I think that... um, In the teaching of writing specifically, we see this a lot. We see students who really think about writing as being like eating your vegetables, really, because that's how we teach it. Oh, it's hard. It's not much fun. You know, nobody likes grammar, but you've got to do it. Uh, Well, I I would really try to turn that around and, and think about how do you bring students into what's engaging and enjoyable about writing, um, what's the point of doing it? How? What are the pleasures of communicating with other people? What are the pleasures of the craft of writing, of saying and expressing ourselves really well, really beautifully? And if if we can get them to come with that sense of enjoyment and pleasure in the writing, then they will they're primed to learn and we'll enjoy our jobs more as well. We won't feel as though we're, they're pulling teeth. But of course, if we don't feel pleasure in respect to our own academic writing, we're really going to struggle to teach our students to think about it differently. So there's a lot of practicing what we preach involved in there. But overall, I would say that, um, writing and teaching are two very parallel activities and that what we learn to do in one of those spaces really can be replicated and emulated in in the other space oh helen that's that that's so interesting all the very best with uh, helensword.com and especially with rightspace and thank you so much for coming to talk to us today it was a pleasure Thanks for inviting me.